when you enter into these partnerships, when you when you build trust and you share vision and values together, um, you know, you, you have to realize too. I, I, something else I learned is, you know, as I look at global partners, I realize they don't do everything the way that I would do it, and that's that's good. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Travis Genesek. Travis is the serve pastor at New City Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. New City Church is fully committed to mutually beneficial ministry in all of its outreach efforts. I asked Travis to explain what that means and why it's so important. Yeah, so, you know, for me, I think when I, I look at kind of the overall mission of the church, uh, you know, I'm convicted as a pastor by two primary things is I, I look at what Jesus instructed for us in the Great Commission to go out and make disciples. And, and you see Jesus's heart for the world right there. Um, that's just one of many instances where we see how much Jesus cares for the entire world and his it's it's amazing. Even in his divinity, he recognizes that even he is the, as the physical person of God at that point saying, I need you to go do this for me. I need you to go into the world. And so, you know, feel, starting there with just his, his own words and, and clear vision and mission for the church that to see the world as he sees it as an opportunity and a chance to go spread his love. I think that's the clear starting point. But then, you know, as for me as a pastor, you know, when I read Ephesians four and you see this clear indication from, from Paul that, Hey, you know, God has given some of you to these roles and these abilities, these, these opportunities, one of which being a pastor is to equip the, the, the saints for the, the purpose of ministry. And, you know, I, I, when I look at church, I, I realize that within our own walls of our church, we have people that need care. They have, different issues going on in their life. They need to be equipped with scripture to lead their families, to care for their relationships. Um, and, and I see that as, as an absolute essential part of what making disciples in, includes. But with also with that is this, this exact same time, the, the absolute must of the church to then say, then how are we taking that and, and putting it into the world that, taking care and ministering people within our own congregation and equipping the body of Christ has a, an immediate effect. It has a purpose, which is, Hey, how do we take this into the world? How are we, how am I, even as a pastor, equipping you and discipling you in such a way that you can go into your spheres of influence and, and share the gospel. And so, you know, we look at what does that look like within your home? What does that look like within your city? Um, country and, and, and then even in your world, which is, I believe God calls that. I, I think we should be leading people in such a way that they have a heart for, for the world. And that world begins in their home. And like I said, it extends on from out beyond that. And so for me, um, the, the chance to, to do mission is 
is such a joy. It's, it's in it because it's the heart of God. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a, it's more than a task to me. It's, it's, a, it's just a pure joy and an opportunity to see and watching God on mission. You know, that's the thing. It's his mission. It's not like he gave it to us and <laughs> said, you know, that's the thing. It's he, he's leading us. He said, I'll, I'll be with you always. Um, man, it's just such a joy to enter into that and to see where God is at work. I, I, I think that's one of the best parts of mission is it's not always about what we do. It's about seeing what God is already doing. So to me, um, to, to bring those two together, I think is, is a huge must of the church. Um, and I, and I think to be honest, I think we do struggle with it at times. We, we do prefer mm-hmm. to stay close to ourselves and to, to be safe and, um, just keep our own little tight groups. But that's not the heart of God. That's not the heart of God in its full mm-hmm. capacity is this, the God said, I, you know, I, I want you to go make disciples all over the earth. And I think here we are in 2022 and that, that heart and that vision is still there. Mm-hmm. You talk about how we have this tendency to try to stay close within our own closed, comfortable, mm-hmm. safe uh, settings. Um, but you and new city church have engaged in something that is, uh, not safe, not, uh, not logical, not, doesn't make a lot of sense and, and is, is risky, um, that, that has really grabbed hold of, uh, your heart. Um, mm-hmm. and it started with, um, with the fall of, of Afghanistan, um, yeah. you know, last year sometime. Tell a little bit about, about that story and how that has, has, has shaped things there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is, one of the more encouraging things that has happened to me in my life and in my own personal journey, not just our, our, our churches, but for me, even individually. So, um, I, to back it up really quick, but one of the first opportunities I ever had working with, uh, displaced people was I was in Beirut, Lebanon, and I was in a Syrian refugee neighborhood working with the church there. And we entered the home of this, uh, Syrian family, um, a grandmother, a mom, and two kids who, um, house was bombed by ISIS. Family members were killed by ISIS. They were forced to flee. And I'm sitting there in this room and this, the grandmother sharing her story. And at one point she looks at me and she says, you know, I'm, I'm immense. I'm just absorbed into their story. I can't, I can't stop listening to it. I'm just in utter shock and all they've been through. And, but about, two hours in the grandmother looks at me through a translator and she says, I, I just want you to know how meaningful it is that you as a man are, are looking me in the eye that this is a true wow. privilege for me. And so of course the translator tells me what she said. And I'm just like, I, I don't even know what to say, but with tears in my eye, I, I look back at her and I say, would you please tell her that the joy is all mine that I get to mm-hmm. the, you know, that I get you, you welcome me into your home and, um, to hear your story and to be able to share coffee with you is, is nothing short of, <laughs> of a privilege. And, but that really, you know, I literally, I know that you fast forward to, uh, August 21 and, you know, God is going to bring this into my own personal life again. When Afghanistan falls uh, to the Taliban, myself and others just felt this immediate impact of what, what is our response? Not just as a nation, but even more so as a church. And so, my boss is a former military and he called me one day and he, we got to talking about Afghanistan. I shared it, my heart of just, man, I don't, I want to do something about this. I don't, 
I'm just feeling God say we need to enter into this scene. And he said, well, guess what? So do I. And through military connections, um, uh, we were able to identify five women from Afghanistan who their story is pretty wild. They, they had been living in Kabul. They had, they're all individual women who had, uh, they're all women that were, had their own careers, their own lives and pretty amazing people. But they knew instantly that when Taliban came in, that they would, they'd have to flee. So they were part of this group that ran to the airport. Got a, I mean, they never said bye to their family. They never got to go home. They, they heard the news and they ran. And they get on an airplane and they escape, which is all good. Um, they don't know where they're going, only to find out that they're, they're landing in Kiev, Ukraine of all places. And, mm. um, of course, then it was no big deal. That was fine. It was, it was safer than Afghanistan. And so while they're in Afghanistan is when we got connected to them, we had began a process of trying to get them into the states and, um, you know, start a new life. Well, of course, as we all know, when Russia invaded, they were forced to flee again. And so two war-torn countries that they had to flee from, um, they, <laughs> they make their way to the Polish border. There's, you know, bear in mind, they, they have no IDs. They have very little clothing. They, they have nothing on them, but they, they have to flee again. And they're, um, at this one point, pretty amazing they as we had gotten to know them through text message they were helping us or they were telling us what was going on they're standing on the polish border it's freezing cold weather they stayed outside for 36 hours um when the pole the border finally opened and they made their way um into poland where they got on a train um i'll never forget this this night though they they texted us you know we made it into poland we're on a train and we're going to go to Germany as, as a lot of Afghans and other refugees from countries do. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they get on this train and when they enter Germany, if you've ever been in Europe, oftentimes on international trains, the, the police will come on and they'll check passports, all that tickets. And, um, they're praying, they're, they're telling us to pray because they don't know how, what's going to happen. They don't have IDs. They don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And sure right. enough, um, you know, the police get on, they're checking IDs and he comes up to these Afghan women. He looks at them in the eye and just keeps walking. He checked everybody else's ID except theirs. And <laughs> so just amazing. And so from there, that's one of the, that was, uh, early March. And I remember you know, talking with one of our partners, um, and our staff. And I, I said, I got to go to Germany. We, we got to meet these women. We, we've, we, we just have to. And I, one of the funny things about that was, you know, I, I'm on this plane. I, I get a team together. We know we want to start caring for Afghans. In fact, as a church in December for our Christmas offering, we took up on Christmas Eve, we took up an offering that would solely go towards displaced people and Afghans and including these five women. And so our church had even become rallied behind this idea. And so when we announced, Hey, we're going to Germany to meet them. It was just amazing. The response that we got from people just praying for us and excited and asking what they can do to help. And, um, just really glad to see that we were sending representatives over there and, um, got the chance to go over there for the first time, 
you know, <laughs> meet these women who we have what seemingly at, at, the, at the beginning, like, we don't have anything in common with these people. The, you know, there is <laughs> five Muslim women from Afghanistan. We have no idea how we're going to be received. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, um, and yet God showed up because mm. within minutes of meeting these women, um, they, they instantly began to cry and wanted hugs <laughs> because someone pursued them that even a complete stranger of a, of a different religion of a different country uh, said, we're here. We came, we came for you because we care for you. And it's been amazing to see how uh, God has, has really opened. We, we went back a couple of weeks ago and had another amazing time with them and have worked with uh, other partners in Germany that can help us um, care for them. Obviously there's, only so much we can do being across the pond, but um, right. man, it's been been such a privilege and an opportunity um, to go and care for people in a way um, that, that we think Christ would, which is just show up and go and and trust the Spirit. Um, we've we've kind of our motto this year has been trust the or follow the goose. Um, that sometimes the Holy Spirit <laughs> is like a wild goose, and you don't know where he's going. And it seems weird and it may even disagree with it. And yet, you know, God's like, just follow me. And that's, that's what it's been for this. And so it's been really neat to see how God has, has grown within my own personal heart as well, even our congregation, this desire to care for people uh, that have been displaced. And that's both here locally here in Charlotte, but even now, as we've seen uh, internationally and the chance to get to partner with that and be involved with that is, has been a complete privilege. Hmm. What have you learned about mutual beneficial um, ministry through this process and relationship? How essential they are. Uh, Because, you you know, when I left Germany the first time, you know, one of the early things I I realized was we can't do this on our own. Even a church of, you know, over 2000 people, they're still in Germany. There's only so much that we can do. And right. it was really neat. Um, <laughs> while we were in Germany, uh, one of the guys that was with me on the trip, a friend of a friend of a friend said, Hey, you should go meet up with this guy in Hamburg. He, he's great. And he actually works with refugees. And so once again, it was that following the Holy spirit of, okay, well, I, I don't know this guy. Do you know this guy? No, I know nothing about him. Uh, do you know anything about their ministry? Not a single thing. <laughs> And so it's like, well, okay, let's go meet them. And it just instantly within 30 minutes of talking, just realizing like, oh, I see what you did there, God, you, you connected us. <laughs> and so it's just fascinating because of how, how impactful they have already been. And just to be able to help us understand uh, German life and culture better and, and realizing like they can do stuff that we can't. And, you know, when you, when you have a kingdom mindset, when, when you, when you lay aside your own personal agendas and goals and, and say, you know, what is the greater story that God is writing, not just for our church and for their ministry or for these five women, but this overall greater story, that's when you see partnerships really, I think, tell the greater story of God that you, you see that now, instead of just one church, you've got a church and multiple partners carrying out the, the, the gospel 
into these people's lives. So to me, um, they've become so powerful, especially as if we've got other global partners around the world doing other things besides displaced ministry. Um, but just amazing to see how w- when you enter into these partnerships, when you, when you build trust and you share vision and values together, um, you know, you, you have to realize too, I, I, something else I learned is, you know, as I look at global partners, I realize they don't do everything the way that I would do it. And that's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, you know, that's, but that, that requires trust and that requires growth, even on my own personal self to say, wow, I would have never thought to do that. I wouldn't, I don't know. It, it would actually might be hard for me to do that, but that's exactly who God needs them to be. And so it, it's been, I think that's one of, one of my big areas of growth is um, realizing how the church and how God uses Christians around the world in these really special, unique ways. And it doesn't always look like who we are and that's okay. And that's powerful. And to me, it's actually, not only has it become a learning point, but just honestly, it's been such an encouragement to see how, um, how God looks all around the world. It's such a huge mistake to think that our view of how God works is the only right view. Travis and New City are learning to release control over their global outreach so that God can use new ideas and new people to do new things around the world. We'll continue our conversation with Travis after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end, and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org partnership. New City is seeing this mutually beneficial ministry philosophy yield results in nations all around the world. So I asked Travis to share a few more stories of what God has been doing and where they see this leading in 2023. Yeah, so we, this has been one of the big things we've been talking a lot about this past year is really asking the question, like, what what is our global footprint that God wants us to have? And you know, we, we want to be really careful that we enter into not only good partnerships uh, with people that are doing gospel work, but finding a way to partner well to say we, we, we want to help, not hurt. 
And so it's been pretty neat. Uh, some other areas that God has led us into, we're working with an organization that helps um, with Christian education in impoverished areas. And so we started a partnership mm-hmm. with that um, down in South America or um, excuse me, Central America and Panama and Honduras, um, also in Uganda as well. I've, I've got a trip, hopefully mm-hmm. Uganda coming up here soon. I'm going to be working with that. And so we've, we've got a little bit of that. There's a sports ministry um, in Ethiopia that we're, we're looking to partner with, um, that has been doing some great work there using, using soccer as a way to b- build up churches and, and share the gospel with people. And, um, excited, uh, here in a month, I'm, I'm heading off. I'm going to be going to Dubai and Ethiopia, uh, to look at a church plant. Awesome. So, yeah, this is really exciting. A church planning network that is reaching um, by way of house churches, some of the most unreached areas in the entire world. And some of them are, um, yeah, pretty remarkable. Some of them are working in, um, Muslim stronghold areas where, um, you even have some, you know, strong persecution happening of, uh, they'll build a church and then the next week ISIS will come and burn it down type places. And so uh, I, w- I won't be going into those areas necessarily, but I'm going to have the chance to meet some of the leaders who do and really, really looking forward to that one. Um, just seeing how the importance of the local church is, is um, key to, to the gospel thriving in communities that allows other organizations to come in. And so also working with an organization uh, in Ukraine right now um, that is pretty, pretty amazing with how they are, um, despite what's going on there, they're continuing their mission and pretty remarkable how, um, none of the missionaries in this organization have pulled out of Ukraine and they've, they've chosen to stay, even though they've, uh, most of them are, are allowed to leave. Um, been pretty amazing to see how they're staying there. So we're, we're looking to see how possibly sending teams, um, to Central Europe. Uh, of course, a lot of Ukrainians are displaced throughout Europe right now. And so um, there, there's opportunities to care for uh, Ukrainians. Uh, and you, you don't even have to go to Ukraine. You, you can pick just about any country in Europe right now, and you're going to find a strong contingency of, of Ukrainians. So, yeah, so um, going to be focusing a little bit on East Africa. We've got uh, Germany, of course, and then Central America has been one of our, our other ones. And so that's where we're starting and just asking God, you know, where else do you want us to be involved and staying focused on, on these good partnerships of for me, I, one of my big convictions as a pastor is I, I, I really, I want to help disciple people. And so as we look at global mm-hmm. partnerships, I, I see that as part of the equation that it's not just about volunteer opportunities. It's not just about, um, writing checks or anything like that. It's about how are we equipping people within New City to be missional and to care for the world. And so, uh, looking for opportunities to work with partners around the world where God is already doing something that we can say, Hey, we want our people in new city to have that same heart. And whether they get, whether they go internationally, you know, or not, that's, it's, it's about maintaining that kingdom minded view that, that God's just as much invested in Ethiopia as he is in Charlotte. 
And so I, I'm really excited about this upcoming year, especially as we get to have multiple opportunities of exposure and engagement for our congregation to to just be a part of what God's doing on the international scene. That's awesome. So, you know, it, it kind of comes full circle to that idea of mutually beneficial ministry, mm. how you're working together, how it impacts what's going on over there. It also changes uh, the lives of people that are uh, are given the opportunity to serve from New City mm. in those contexts. And it, it, it benefits everybody. We all working together uh, end up growing uh, in our discipleship and our walk with the Lord and, and, mm-hmm. and see that happen. So if you could give one piece of advice to a missions pastor or a church that's really trying to get kind of dialed in on this idea of of what you guys you know have termed as mutually beneficial ministry opportunities and, and focus, what would you say to that missions Ooh, pastor? Wow, that's a, well, that's a tremendous question, and it, I think if I'm honest and vulnerable with you right now, that's that's the question I'm, I'm seeking is is what is that question really? Um, but what but what I would share is as as we're looking at partnerships um, is. Are, are you finding people that, that share similar values and in particularly of, do they care about discipleship? Do they care about the overall mission of God and not just their particular organization? Um, you know, I guess one of the things sadly that I've realized is, is how often organizations and partnerships are often disconnected from each other that, hmm. that, you see this big gap between the local churches and organizations. And to me, I think they have to be together. And, but what I've realized is that although I don't think this is the, the dominant thing, I, I do think it's, it's more prevalent than, than we realize that the two, the two entities are not always working well together. That, you know, I had a, I had a missions organization tell me one time that, um, a sending agency, they said, you know, every time someone comes to them and says, you know, I'm really feeling God's call on my heart to pursue missions. Uh, he, the president, he said, you know, I, I always ask him, I said, well, what has your local church said about this? And he said, nine, 99 times out of a hundred, they respond the exact same way, which is, well, we haven't even told them. And, you know, to me, I thought, wow, there's a gap there. And, so as we look around partnerships and we think about the local church and and how those work together, I think they, you know, are are you finding partners that that share that, that really truly want to work together to disciple people? And to me, that's that's it. Just comes back to the beginning of what I said is I look at what Christ said: go and make disciples. Okay, that's clear. <laughs> and and even as a pastor, you know, looking at the verses in Ephesians, is equip people to do that. So, you know, I, I don't have the perfect rubric. I don't have all the answers figured out. I, I don't even have the perfect question. But, but I, I think starting with scripture is: Are you finding places that they have a heart for the world? They they care about the gospel. They want people mm-hmm. to know Jesus, and they have a heart for discipleship. Um, because to me, at the core of discipleship, it, it begins in our relationship with Christ. It's learning to trust the Spirit, and you know, I, I've. I've had a couple organizations that, you know, have said they, they, they have this kind of like, Oh, we have it all figured out. And to me, that's honestly been kind of a red flag. And I'm like, no, you don't. Um, there's no way. And neither do I, um, the, the key is finding those that say, 
we just here we share these same things together. Let's let's grow in this together. Let's work together. That I think to me has been one of the biggest lessons, um, and what I think has truly helped some of our 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 healthier partnerships and the, and the ones that I get excited about. It's so fun to hear the excitement in Travis's voice as he talks about the future of New City. Here are three takeaways from today's episode. First, don't be afraid to chase the wild goose. Hold your plans loosely. Look for where the Holy Spirit is leading and then follow, even when it doesn't make sense. Second, remember that you don't have all the answers. Mutually beneficial ministry requires humility and a willingness to listen. And then finally, Look for missions partners who have shared values. You can't develop mutually beneficial missions ministry if one side has a completely different framework for that ministry. I want to thank Travis for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about New City Church, go to newcity.us. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. The show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership.